coming up on this episode of the Kingdom Bringer podcast. I said earlier when people, if they can't quite place the name with the face and they see me in public, they're like, you're the fart guy, right? You're the fart guy? So I embraced that a long time ago. And that person is going to go home and tell their whole family that some weird guy they met today. You know, I just, I love that. And so it became a, a central focus of mine. And I was meeting people. I, I got to, I actually made friends with this thing, you know? From that moment on though, every time we talked, somehow things always circled back around to how many people got saved at his concerts. And truly, it is the only thing that he really cared about. going on everybody welcome back to the kingdom bringer podcast i'm your host darren eubanks and i'm pumped to have you back with me this is going to be an awesome episode super fun super exciting a little pranky i had the privilege of interviewing youtube sensation mr jack vale i came across jack's content uh, a friend of mine introduced me to Ed Bassmaster, who's a, another YouTube prankster, YouTube character. He's got all kinds of different characters, but uh, Jack Vale has done some things with Ed Bassmaster and came across Jack's stuff. And I'm telling you what, if you want some good, clean, family-friendly content on YouTube, check out Jack Vale's channel. You've maybe come across some of his videos he does the uh, the farting in Walmart. He has a fart toy that he created called the Pooter. And he goes into Walmart and uses that thing and gets, gets reactions from people, puts them on YouTube. He has all kinds of other videos too, a lot of uh, funny prank videos. But I'm telling you, he brought so much joy into my family from us sitting down and, and watching his videos especially during COVID. We were at home, we were in front of the television, and we sat down together and we watched a lot of Jack Vale's videos and it just brought us joy. And so if you've listened to this podcast before, you know that the purpose of it is to talk about and discuss the different ways that we release the kingdom of God that's inside of us. And so I just really believe that Jack Vale has a gift, has almost an anointing over his life, to release joy. And so we got to sit down and have an awesome talk about where that came from, what that means for him as far as releasing joy. We also talk about his new comedy network that he is putting together and is out called Unveiled, where he intends on having good, clean family comedy, uh, a lot of his prank stuff, but just other original content on Unveiled. You can find that in the show notes, a link to that, all the different places you can find that network. We also talk about Carmen. We talk about his relationship with Carmen. If you're a church kid like I am, if you are if you grew up in a Christian home in the 80s and 90s, you are aware of Carmen. Just about as big of a Christian pop star as you can have. And 
He died earlier this year in February. He had battled cancer for years. Uh, it had come back in January of 2020, the cancer had, and he died of some complications from surgery earlier in 2021. But Jack Vale was able to get the rights to Carmen's life story. And he is putting together a documentary about Carmen, and I'm pretty excited about it. It's going to be awesome. We talk about that a little bit in the relationship that he had with Carmen. I think it's going to be fun. You guys are going to have a good time. And I want to encourage you again to share this episode. I want to encourage you to go on to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever it is you listen to this thing. Give us a rating and review and subscribe to that platform. Subscribe to the Kingdom Bringer Podcast. Also, if you're listening to this audio version, check us out on YouTube. You can, you can see our beautiful faces and you can share that with your friends as well. That would be awesome. I would really, really appreciate that. That's super easy support that you guys can give to this podcast. If you have a desire to support us financially, you can go to kingdombringer.com and follow the donate page and do as you feel led. You can do one-time gift. You can do a monthly gift, however you want. Go on there and uh, if you have a desire to do that, that would be a blessing. While you're there, check out all the blogs, check out all the past episodes at kingdombringer.com. That's it. You guys ready to roll? Hope you're ready to get your laugh on. Hope you're ready to get your joy on. Here's my sit down, super fun interview with the one, the only YouTube prankster, Mr. Jack Vale. This is episode 82, Releasing Joy. Let's go. So I got introduced to you through Ed Bassmaster's feed and uh, like many people, I'm sure that's, that's the case, but I wanted to talk to you about the joy that you release. I believe that we all have the kingdom of God living inside of us and we have the privilege and the responsibility of releasing that kingdom everywhere we go. And for you, I just believe that there's so much joy in your content and so much joy in, in what you produce and put out that I believe it's coming from a place like you, you've taken ownership of that. You've, you've taken that joy on as, as, as yours, as a gift, and you release that to the world. And I want to hear your heart behind, uh, where that joy comes from for you and, and, and the different ways that you release that joy. But if you don't mind, uh, and I'll, I'll go ahead and say it. I had this recorded earlier and I screwed up. So Jack's going to repeat himself here in a minute, but <laughs> If you don't mind, Jack, introduce yourself to us, um, who you are, what you do, where you've come from. Well, uh, I'm Jack Vale, and I I used to have a um, this little fart toy that made noises, and I would carry it around with me everywhere I went. And uh, I was so disappointed one day when it broke. I was so bummed. And, uh, you know, I had this thing. It actually broke a long time prior to that and I'd tape it up and fix it and repair it. Finally, it just, you know, it just died. 
So uh, I didn't have it anymore. And it was really a bummer because I realized I depended on this thing. It's, it sounds ridiculous, <laughs> but man, I, I, I would tell people I had my keys, wallet, and my fart toy, you know? Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> and, uh, and then I tried to get it again. I couldn't find it. The company like died and, and uh, stores couldn't find it. And it just like disappeared. So I had my attorney uh, make some calls and look into it and, you know, do some digging. And we found out that, um, long story short, the patent on that product expired a long time prior, which left it open to the free market to get to design your own and yeah. sell these things. So I went and found a manufacturer and uh, created my own. I, I tweaked the design and I went through all this trial and error for about six months. Finally, we settled on a manufacturer and we had pooters, I called them, you know, being made, poot, real pooters. I was so excited. I look at that. That's great. <laughs> there it is. And uh, hey, there you go. I like that. I see. I got one here too. I should like. I figured you had one. Oh, Why would you not have one? Yeah. Yeah, we've got to. We got to give. We got to give it this. Hold on. Ready? Here we go. There you go. Now, see if you warm it up a little bit in your hand. You put okay. a chapstick around it. Mm-hmm. You get that deep. That's good. Tone. I always have that uh, high pitch. That's I can't get rid of it. But anyway. Yeah. Oh, I could help you. We'll have to do some one-on-one tutorials Perfect. after this. Let's do it. <laughs> The expert in human flatulence. That's, Jack that's true. That's true. Okay. Um, <laughs> I said earlier when people, if they can't quite place the name with the face and they see me in public or something, they're like, you're the fart guy, right? You're the fart guy. So I embraced that a long time ago. And, yeah. Um, but anyway, so, you know, I, I did everything that you're supposed to do when you have an invention or creation like this. And you're supposed to you want to get it into the big box retailers you want to get it into the stores you know yeah. so i started doing that and discovered it was hard yeah. to do that uh and so you've really got to want to grind right mm-hmm. i mean it kind you of really, becomes yeah, your you life really do. yeah yeah and i was still using it like the new ones i was that i created myself i would take it with me everywhere i went still and somebody would laugh every single time yeah so Everybody's like, you know, everybody's doing something on YouTube now. It's 2007. Um, so there wasn't really anybody at that time, though, doing this. So yeah. I, I started making these videos on YouTube to bring notoriety to my little toy here. Yeah. And so I started making these videos and you just see me. The, the first ones are embarrassing. If you go back through and watch 2007, eight, you look so just, young, bro. And the quality say, I got old in 13 years. I'll tell you. Um, but it's all the, all the times I got punched in the, in the store. Exactly. Yeah, a little distorted face. Yeah, that's right. And, uh, you know, I just, I really, I really just enjoyed it so much. And, and within just, I don't know, three or four videos, they started to take off. And, uh, people started buying these things and they went, I went from selling one or two a week to selling, you know, 20 or 30 in a day. Yeah. And, uh, I, I was like, if I could spend the rest of my life doing this, that'd be pretty cool. Yeah. And, uh, so I, after the first couple of years, I did nothing but these. And then I started to branch out and do other forms of comedy and different pranks and stuff. And I just had such a good time doing it. But the enjoyment and satisfaction that I got out of watching people laugh. Yeah. Um, 
people are so they keep to themselves these days. And if you go into Walmart or Target, you see that people, there's a lot of people who are socially awkward. And I, yeah. I don't mean, no, I'm not true. even talking about introverted people necessarily, because that's a separate thing. It's like everyone just goes in with this mentality. You're not planning to meet anybody. It's like tunnel vision. It's like, you know, I'm just going to get my stuff. I'm going to put it in the thing and I'm going to leave. And I, yeah. And uh, the thing that this did was it broke up the monotony from the day. Yeah. And I remember leaving every experience, you know, would be me leaving that moment and thinking that person is going to go home and tell their whole family that some weird guy they met today. Yeah. You know, I just, I yeah. love that. Yeah. And so it became a, a central focus of mine and I was meeting people. I, I got to, I actually made friends with this thing, you know? Yeah. So I just loved it. And I always kind of felt like, um, I felt like the Lord was really going to have me involved in some type of ministry. I felt it on my life since I was a little kid. And it's funny when I talk about that and try to find the parallel. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, it, it I fart really with it, all my heart, Lord, I fart with all my heart. <laughs> I give it all to you. God. <laughs> you know, you know, the great thing yeah. about it though is you know that these things happened in the Bible. I mean, in these stories that we have heard, yeah. I don't know if there's any any thing recorded in the word about flatulence, but yes. you have to think when Jesus was hanging out with these with these guys. The more he got to know him. You yeah. know, you had to start getting comfortable enough to where you're like, That's hey, right. you know, Peter, pull my finger. You That's know? exactly right. No, thanks, Lord. <laughs> I'm not worthy. I know that one. You did that to us yesterday. Yeah, right. Uh, you have to wonder because it's just one of those funny things. I mean, yeah. God created us and made all these funny sounds come out of us and different things. You got to know. Yeah. It's not some new thing that all of a sudden in the last hundred years, we started laughing at this. This yeah. has got to be just the beginning of time. So I don't know. I've had a good, I've had a good time. I don't know if you've, if you've watched The Chosen at all. Have you watched The Chosen? Yes. That would have been a good, a good promo for this thing. I wish they would have reached out to me. Introducing this to those campfire settings, you know, right. I think would have been a good thing. Jesus, no. what is that? What is that thing you got? You know, you know that he was one of the biggest pranksters, smart aleck. I mean, I, I carry that smart aleck anointing. I call it, oh. I call it smart aleck anointing. My wife has different names for it, but it's, wow, okay. I believe that there's an anointing behind the sarcasm, you know, and I, so great. I'm going to walk in it. I'm going to walk yeah. in it. You so accept calling, accept the calling, accept it. Okay. So <laughs> I got a couple questions for you. Uh-huh. What was your first, so was the, was the pooter, the farting stuff, was that the first stuff that you did? Like was, was the YouTube channel your first prankster stuff you know i'll tell you a secret that i can't confirm yeah because i deleted the videos okay but actually i created a youtube channel uh and the first videos i ever uploaded were of a homeless guy in redding california that i saw and the guy just fascinated me so much that I started to just follow him around with a camera. And, uh, you know, 
listen to him sing and talk about life and politics and religion and all this stuff. I mean, his perspective on things. And uh, I uploaded probably, I don't know, 10 or 11 of those videos first. Yeah. So initially, as a matter of fact, here's something kind of funny. (laughs) So Ed Bassmaster saw those videos first that his first, uh, his first impression of me was listening to my voice behind the camera while following around this guy. Oh, wow, yeah. And he got fascinated with this guy. His name was Dwayne. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I'll never forget that, man. He was like, uh, I, don't, I don't talk about it hardly ever. Yeah. But he was, he was, man, it was the middle of the summer and he had four or five jackets on. Yeah. And he was on a bicycle and he was riding uphill on this bicycle and I was like, I, I made a U-turn and I slowly started to follow him, see where he was going. He shows up at a storage unit and I got out and I started talking to him. Yeah. And uh, as we started to talk, I thought, I mean, if you've ever heard it, like this guy was a diamond in the rough. Yeah. Um, so we kind of made an unofficial arrangement and it was that he would let me follow him around and shoot different things. Yeah which he really enjoyed because it put him in the spotlight and For he sure. had a lot to say. Yeah. Uh, and then I would show up with Taco Bell, Burger King, you wow. know, take him out to steak dinner or something sometimes. And we got to know each other, became friends. And um, during that period of time, I was dealing with this whole pooter stuff on the side. I was like, how are we going to get this into every retailer? You know? Yeah. And then I was like, well, upload it to YouTube. Yeah. And then there became a, a point in time where, the two things didn't seem to jive together on the same channel. And I just felt like, I don't know. I, yeah. So I, I uh, took the other stuff down and um, focused on this. Yeah. And then he kind of started to go off and do his own thing. And I started doing this and that's that. That's it. That's it. That's that. Okay. Yeah. What was your first prank? And I don't mean on YouTube. I mean like in life, was there a moment that, you realized I'm good at this and I really enjoy this. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> I've never, I'll tell you a story I've never told anybody before. Right ever. on. Um, so I was a pretty, you know, I, I could get into trouble, but I was, I would say I was a pretty good kid. Yeah. But I went to a Christian high school in Stockton, California. And uh, it was called Brookside, in case any of, of uh, anybody remembers me from that school. Shout out to Brookside. Shout out to Brookside High School, Stockton. And uh, my science teacher would remember this. So I was in science class and I got somebody, somebody told the teacher that I had some kind of uh, handcuffs, that I brought this little pair of handcuffs with me to school. I did. And, uh, I got, I had these handcuffs and, um, they were, but the problem with them was, was that they were real police handcuffs. They, it wasn't a toy. It was like a real yeah. set of hand, set of cuffs. And I don't even remember where I got them, but I had them and I thought they were cool. And I was also a Wheeler and dealer, by the way. Yeah. So I was probably bringing them to school to like sell them to somebody yeah. or whatever. I was always selling stuff. So had these cuffs and, uh, my science teacher, spots the cuffs in this little like cubby area that she could kind of see through and she sees them and she says, uh, 
I need you to take the cuffs to the office, please. <laughs> so I say, yes, ma'am. And I get the cuffs and I leave the door and everything. And uh, you have to have a pass from the teacher. Like she has to give you a thing. So they know that you're supposed to be in the hall. You right. Know? Yep. So I put this thing in my pocket and I hit it out the door. Well, I felt like if I were to turn these cuffs in, I wouldn't get them back. Usually you would get them back like at the end of the week or something. I'm yeah. like, I can't, I can't, we can't have that. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> so I put the cuffs in my pocket. I let it be maybe two, three minutes or something. And then I come back into the class and uh, I, I may or may not have given the teacher the impression that I had returned the cuffs to the office. Yeah. Uh, they were still, in fact, in my pocket. And um, so I ended up, I handcuffed somebody to the, to the, we were, we had the stereotypical um, chairs, you know, with yep. the little bar that comes down and yep. stuff. And so I was able to handcuffs, handcuff somebody's um, backpack <laughs> to the, to the bar. With yeah. These cuffs. Yeah. And it took a little while until finally. With they, the cuffs that you didn't have anymore. With the cuffs yeah. that I didn't have anymore. Yeah. Yep. So I got in a lot of trouble for that. Yeah. And they, I don't even, I don't think I ever got my cuffs back. But the, the biggest problem that they had is a Christian school. The biggest problem yeah. is really it was lying, I guess. Lying. Yeah. Kind of like a lie. Yeah, kind of. Barely. At that time, it was debatable. But I, <laughs> I didn't say one way or another. <laughs> and so from that point on. <laughs> I don't know if that was really a prank. It was just a bad thing I did. <laughs> It was, it was called sin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but from, it was just downhill from that point, right? For you and your desire to like bring it was what was what was the purpose of that? What did you what was the outcome? I I wanted a outcome? reaction. I just yeah. thought it would be I thought it would be funny. Yeah. And I knew I wasn't gonna get away with it. Were you considered a class clown? Were you a class clown back then? Oh, not really, no. Yeah. No, I was considered weird. Yeah. I was weird in high school because uh, me and a couple of my friends, we never seemed to have the same class together. So we we're always having on different schedules, but we'd see each other in the hall. And this one guy in particular, Jeremy Zorb, shout out. <laughs> uh, we were always on the same page comedically. Like we, we thought the stupidest stuff in the world was funny. Yeah. And uh, my problem in school was I would I would go into my class and since we didn't really have class together, I'd still be thinking about stuff that we talked about in the hall. So in a serious moment in class, I start busting up laughing. Yeah. And I would try so hard to keep it together, but man, I couldn't. And I would just I would start to lose it, and other people would look at me and be like, "What's this? What are you laughing at?" And so I always had that problem. It was a big struggle of mine in school. I would just start laughing for no reason, apparently. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> how many, how many videos do you have out there? Over a thousand. Over a thousand. How channel. many views do you think? Well, on YouTube and Facebook collectively, it's like approaching like 15 billion, I think. 15 bill with a B billion. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wow. Is that ever, did you ever think that was going to be the case? When you started this thing, were you thinking billions? No, no, not That's a big number. Really, no. 15 yeah, billion it, is a big number. Well, you know, Facebook is the one that really made that a possibility because you, I think if you look at my YouTube, 
uh, numbers on my own YouTube channel, there's probably a half a billion. And wow. then there's another half a billion on other people's channels yeah. that I collaborated with or whatever. So yeah. really less than 10% of, of, of that oh, amount really, is yeah. really just from YouTube. Everything wow. else is, um, fa- Facebook is unbelievable, man. Yeah, I mean, that's crazy. People watch videos over and over on Facebook. Of all the videos, of all those moments of uh, pranking and joy and laughter, what what was your favorite? What was your favorite prank? What was your favorite moment of all those? Is there one that sticks out more than others? Mm, you know, I don't know. If there's one actual like moment that sticks out, I could, I could give you answers for my favorite prank Yeah. to, to film, like my favorite series favorite or type. something like yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. My favorite type. Uh, people, it's funny. People will ask my favorite type, or my favorite series or whatever. And they're always kind of disappointed if I don't say the pooter, they want me to say that, I think. Yeah. Um, and it is, it's great. I love it. It's, it's really my bread and butter. It's who I am to the yeah. core. But <laughs> um, I'm going to give you an answer. Yes, let's do it. I'm going to give you an answer. My favorite moment, if you're holding a gun to my head, okay. I would say a couple years ago, I was in, I think, Las Vegas at a Walmart. And um, I approached this lady who was looking at purses. And... Um, I had a pooter ready. I was just going to do a simple pooter video, make a fart sound, yeah, get a reaction, and move on. Well, she started started up like a conversation with me before I did anything. Yeah. She was just a talkative, sweet lady, and uh, so I I entered into the conversation a little bit. She was trying to oh this one that and the other talking about purses. Um, so then she starts talking about how she's going in for some gastro surgery yeah i couldn't believe if that's not an opportunity to do a fart joke (laughs) you know so i'm like well i got okay this is kind of a serious thing though it could be i don't know she's going in for surgery how do i do this it's a perfect opportunity (laughs) so um i said oh man you know i just this is how i get it out and i kind of did this thing have my pooter in my pocket here and i'm pressing on my stomach and I'm just, if you kind of, I'll let you, I'll let you yes. experience the whole thing here. So, and I would push as I, and as I pushed, you should have seen her. She was, well, you can, it's a video on YouTube, Yeah. but she was astounded. I mean, she was like, you did that. How did you do that? How did you get that out? And I'm like, well, you just have something I learned a long time ago. When that happens, you got to just give it, it's a certain way. Put your fingers you right here. Your, <laughs> she started to do it. She's like, show me again. And I said, here's what you got to do. And I gave her this, like, I told her how to position her arms and everything. She was trying to make this happen. So uh... there was even a moment she did it and I squeezed it and she goes, Oh no, that was you. And I said, Nope, that was you. Anyway, it was <laughs> such a good moment. And that moment turned into, um, do you know what video I'm talking about, by the way? I, I, I feel like I've seen that one. It sounds very familiar, but I'm, I went well, kind of rapid fire this last year on them. So here's, here's, uh, here's how it ended up. Yeah. Since we had built a rapport 
she started to talk about some really serious issues. It went from funny and curious and how did you do that to her talking about some really, really serious issues. She starts talking about how her son committed suicide. Wow. Her husband passed away not that long ago, even from something. I mean, this lady was like alone and talking to me about this stuff. And I was really moved by this. Um, Anyways, I think actually what happened was it might've been after I let her in on the joke, she started laughing and got a real kick out of everything. Yeah. And started talking about how important it is today to laugh. Wow. Because you need more laughter in your life. And when she started to talk about her son and her husband and these things that are unimaginable things to, to go through, um, before I left, I said, can I pray with you? Yeah. And there we were in the middle of Walmart praying together. The fart guy. That's right. And I walked away from that thinking if, you know, God can God can and will use anyone so and good. anything that he wants to use. And every you've heard, you know, people have said before, if God will use a donkey, he can use me, you know, yeah. whatever. But, you know, there is so much truth to that. Yeah. God will use, he is God. Yeah. He is capable of doing whatever it is that's going to further his kingdom. It's good. And, um, preach you know, it, Jack. What's that? Preach it, Jack. And here we go. <laughs> and, uh, it, you know, it's, it's true. And I felt that for a long time in my spirit. I felt like everything that I'm doing now on YouTube, as goofy as it seems, yeah. is, that God has really put me on a platform to open up conversations with people one-on-one and be able to uh, minister to them and help them in some way, pray with them or whatever. We have to be bold. It's good. Like that, especially where people are so focused on picking out their items. You know, really this woman was bold. Yeah. She started a conversation with me. She that's was true. the type to start a conversation with a stranger. It was that's terrific. True. Yeah. That's a Christian awesome. lady. Yeah. So it was just, you know, it's an incredible thing. And I, so it's been two or three years and I, I've just, I have this perspective now that is uh, really an incredible thing. Here I was as a kid, you know, I think I was three or four on this platform in church when I sang my first solo yeah. as a little kid in church and this little assemblies of God church that I was raised in. And uh, I grew up singing and preaching and going from church to church to to proclaim this message. And then I end up the fart guy, and I'm like, well, "This, how's this gonna, how's yeah. this gonna mesh together?" Yeah. Lord, are we still good? Can you still use me? <laughs> <laughs> I'm really going way over here. Um, That's so. Funny. And uh, and I'll tell you, it's interesting. It it really has been a platform that I've been able to use to. Um, to talk to people, get to know people, um, minister to people, but God has used it to do something even more. Like, you know, this has turned into not just a prank, a, an opportunity to, to, to prank or uh, make money or promote the pooter or things like that, but a much, much bigger opportunity that we can keep, we can keep talking about it. Yeah, you want to. no, that's, that's awesome, man. So I want to talk about 2020 and how, the turn that really the whole world took very, very 
dark for some, very uh, sad, depressed for some. I've said it multiple times on this podcast for me, 2020 was like the greatest year of my life. Like perspectively, the Lord kind of drew me and my family together in an amazing way, moved us from one one city to the next. And I experienced some amazing like growth in my walk with the Lord in 2020. But it's it, it's not difficult to to look around the world, you know, wh- whether it was the political climate or the desire to fight the culture or whatever that we just kind of, as a nation, I'll, I'll speak to the, the country, um, it was dark and it was very, it was hard to watch sometimes. But I knew every time that I would jump onto your channel, that there would be like this, this freedom <laughs> away from all of that stuff. Can you, can you talk about, did you feel any, any responsibility during that time to keep people grounded at all? Uh, I don't think so. Yeah. I think it's always been, uh, it's always been very lighthearted to me. Yeah. I, I still don't quite, uh, It always still amazes me when people, I get messages and emails every single day. Somebody's in the hospital, the loss of a loved one, a sickness, different things going on. And somehow God, the Lord's used these videos to bring a smile to people's face and laugh and, and stuff. And, uh, sometimes people downright say that it's responsible for their recovery (laughs) from some illness or something, you know? Yeah. And I don't know about that, but uh, I I don't know. No, that's I, I good. Just, that's a good answer. It, yeah, it's it's. I don't really feel feel a strong responsibility to that because I just kind of I try to keep it lighthearted and I try to just do what I know I'm supposed to be doing yeah. and stay grounded and humbled by the comments that do come in. And uh, I'm blown away by it every single time. Yeah, uh, I, you know I. Maybe yeah. maybe responsibility was the, the the wrong word to use. I guess carrying what you carry and having the platform that you have, did you mm-hmm. see it as an opportunity, I guess, to to do some damage to darkness if you will, you know? Like mm-hmm. <laughs> let me let me tell you a couple of my favorite pranks. My my a couple of my favorite videos. Uh. There's there, <laughs> there's one where you're you're wearing the mask and you're mumbling, talking nonsense. Yeah. And oh, people and, and people are like, "What was that?" And you pull it down and say, "Is that McDonald's?" <laughs> just, you're yeah. you're rambling forever, and then it's <laughs> for me. That was like that. That's how we're gonna handle this pandemic. You know, that's how we're gonna break through the the crap of stepping out of my home and seeing some of the nonsense. And mm-hmm. I love how some of those videos were appropriately called nonsense when. Anyway, mm, I mm-hmm. felt like you handled that, that transition. I mean, it, it, it was the same videos, mm-hmm. but it was in a pandemic. So yeah. you had the six foot one where you've got a tape measure in Walmart and you're farting six, six feet, feet away, away from people. Okay. I'm not going to lie. How did it, you transition? Way, yeah. Yeah. In a way it was, it was probably in my own way poking. You got to have fun with everything. So I was probably yes. sort of poking fun at certain things and i'm gonna try i'm i'm gonna try not to get like 
political gotcha. or any of that stuff. 100%. But I'm also, I'm also going to have a little bit of a freedom here to kind of explain. Yes. I, I really, I remember, th- I remember that, that rule. And I, I just, the whole con, the whole idea that this is okay, but this is not okay. Yes. <laughs> I'm just like, wait a second. Yep. Who checked into this? Did anybody actually test this to see <laughs> if this is the case? Or are we just listening and going, listen, yeah, this is okay. This is not okay. Do you understand? Yeah. This, yes, this, no. <laughs> um, and if you're over here, you got to do this. Yeah. But if you're over here, you got to do this too. But if yeah. you're over here, you're probably okay, but you still got to do this. It just, none of it made any sense yeah. to me. Mm-hmm. And I remember thinking, well, let's, I'm going to test this out and see how ridiculous this really is. You yeah. know? So that's why I did that stuff. Love and and the, the mask thing, oh, the mask thing drove me nuts Yeah, because I, you couldn't do drive through. Yeah. You couldn't order food at a restaurant. Cause you didn't know what the heck anybody was telling you when they yeah. repeated it back to you. And I, I felt like an idiot. Like, am I the only one? At one point, I remember being in a restaurant and wanting to stand up and go, hey, what did the whole world just lose their mind? And and like, can you not? Am I the only one that can't understand her? <laughs> and so I would be like, could you please repeat yourself? And that was a funny thing to me is they would pull the mask down yep. right at you to yep. tell you what they said. Yep. And I'm like, oh, great. Here comes the COVID. Yep, The barrier's down. We're done. So, it's over. Yeah. So I didn't understand any of that stuff. So I'm like, you know, <laughs> nonsense, nonsense would be appropriate for this. Yes. Uh, muffled, you know, blah, blah, blahness. Yes. And then, oh, I said, where's McDonald's, you know, or whatever, <laughs> and pull it back up. Um, and so that's where that came from. That was, you know, that was fun. I did, I, I didn't make a lot of videos in 2020, but I, I yeah. tried to kind of have, uh, you know, <laughs> yeah. I tried to have fun with it. Let's talk about your platform in regards to your family. I know you've got a, um, I, it, I'm sure you get this a lot. People talking to you like they know you well, you know, I, I watched your videos, so I know you as, that much, but <laughs> I know you've got a family that's, that's fairly active with a lot of your stuff. Um, how is that? Is that, is that a fun, that surely makes it that much more enjoyable, right? Doing this with your family. Yeah, it, it really is. It's uh, uh Madison grew up in this. Yeah. She's 19. She's actually uh, going to be 20 this year. Wow. And she's a, just a beautiful, lovely young lady. She's, she's an incredible singer. Yeah. Um, very active on social media and all that stuff. And uh, early on as a kid, you know, she was in some of my videos Yeah, and it was really fun, including her and, uh, and that it's fun watching your kids. You know, I got, I have five kids. The oldest is 25 and the youngest is 11. And um, it's, uh, it's fun watching them grow up and see how active I, th- I want to say everybody w- has always really been excited about being in the videos and being a part of social media. Yeah. So we had a reality show a few years ago on HLN called Jack Vale Offline. Yeah. And it, it made it through six episodes. And it was one of the absolute, it's one of my favorite things in my life. It really was because it was the whole family together for five weeks filming these episodes of this TV show, all of us together, Jackson and Jasmine were like real little. Yeah. And uh, now they're 11 and 12. And it's, uh, 
it's fun to watch them because they they're following in my footsteps. You yeah. know, they're just interested in social media and being goofy and silly and yeah, and all this kind of stuff. So yeah, it's it it really is fun, and I never take it for granted. I think it's great to have that support system uh, that I have. Another one of my favorite videos is the one where you and uh, your wife, your pregnant wife, yes. are carrying lumber and she's doing the bulk. Yeah, that's that's one of my favorite ones too you get all these good samaritans that are coming up alongside to to help yeah. you out yeah those are fun yeah, that's your, a fun one your like wife seems to enjoy doing those with you too yeah you know she's always been a part of this i, I can't imagine anybody else goes to their wife because there was that conversation by the way i had yeah. every job you can think of i did it i made pizzas and delivered them and sold car insurance and yeah uh, you know i did all these different things and uh, I never made it. I'm going to get to the point here in a minute, but I never, I never made it past my. Um, I I couldn't hold down a job for more than a month or two. Yeah. Because let me tell you something. Life is pretty boring out there <laughs> with the jobs, and I just couldn't take it. And finally, you know, um, some people might call that a deadbeat husband. <laughs> <laughs> it took me a while to kind of find my, you know, my groove. So we would buy stuff and sell stuff and, and, uh, create a way for us to have our own business and all this. So yeah. I was always interested in that kind of thing. So it was natural to, to, um, to get into this, but there had to be that conversation where I had to say, honey, I got an idea. <laughs> what I want to do is, you know, that fart thing I play with all day. I got a I better one. <laughs> Yeah, I want to I want to redesign the idea, okay? Recreate the idea. It's going to be massive, okay? I'm going to be like the fart king. You're not going to believe it. Um she might have been a tiny bit apprehensive, yeah. but yeah. she kind of knew that everything I set out to do I was determined to make it work. So, <laughs> will I you do really, it for more than a month, honey? <laughs> yeah, gonna, yeah. Yeah. And uh it was so she was on she was on board yeah. almost from Pretty much from day one, you know, so yeah. it, was, it was really good having that. One of my favorite moments, too, of of your videos, I love and not every video has it, but I love the reveal. Mm. There is something really, really cool for me when when you reveal the joke, even the ones. So I have a question and this I, I get this a lot from people that, that watch your stuff. Do you have to have their permission to have them in your video? Well, I'm, so I'm not it, saying that to get you in trouble. I'm asking. No, like, no, no. I completely understand. Yeah. It is a, it's a, it's a common question, yeah. and unfortunately, it's just no easy answer. So yeah. I'm going to give it. It is a dicey subject, yeah. and I'll tell you why. Um, it depends on a number of things. Yeah. If you're trying to pull a prank with hidden cameras in a bathroom, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you got to yeah. get everybody's permission. It makes sense. Uh, yeah. No, it, you know if there's. So the big thing in most states is the expectation of privacy. Yep. And when you're out in Huntington Beach on the boardwalk, on a pier, yeah. you know, or something, there's no expectation of privacy. Everybody has their cameras out, you're, yeah. you know, whatever. So it's a little, um, kind of depends on where you are. YouTube is especially difficult to, to really make that a thing because people are out recording stuff constantly and uploading it constantly. Yeah. Uh, however, that said, I started getting involved in the TV stuff in 2012. Okay. So ever since then, 
I try to at least get people on video to tell me their name and that they're okay. Yeah. With being on, with me on video. Yeah. It wasn't so easy before 2012 because before 2012, a lot of the time it was me by myself with a hiding video camera in a shopping cart. Yep. If you can imagine the awkwardness. Yeah. And telling people, hey, by the way, that was a prank and you're on video and there's nobody manning the video and they still can't find the video. They're like, where? You know, yeah. it's not like a crew coming out and being like, ah, it's a happy yeah. moment. What celebration. network television is this going to be on? Yeah. Oh, it's uh, uh, really awkward. Yeah. So, so I do try to get people to at least give me their permission that way. And we have hundreds and hundreds of people who have signed, yeah, officially yeah. signed releases. So we do try to get them to. So when it comes to like farting in Walmart, Mm. there's a lot of people that a lot of people don't have a clue that we, some some of them, some of them don't. Well, and they'll see themselves for the first time. Yeah. Yeah. Most of them do because I'll try to approach them and be like, Hey, this is what's going on most of the time. Okay. Uh, And it depends on the circumstance. If it's uh, listen, I'm going to be honest. If it's sometimes like, I don't, I don't know if I'm going to be able to talk them down from the ledge. And that was a great reaction. And by the looks of them, they probably don't have a computer at home. Uh, maybe yeah. we should wing it, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but most of the time, most of the time, because that's the fun part for me is when you get to go and tell them, hey, hey, Dude, hey, you know, check this out. That's the greatest. I love I love the reveals and this is why. I feel like, mm. and you, you talked about it earlier, about people's attitudes and their their aura when they go to Walmart or when they're in public like that. And <laughs> you aren't the only guy who's farted in their presence. I'm sure of that. Right. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe the only one that has a little plastic machine in his hand, but when that reveal takes place, I, f- I you, you sense this moment of unity, like everything comes down and there's it this is. moment of unity that just, it's beautiful to watch. And I love, I love when they, even if they reacted angrily, mm-hmm. all of a sudden they realize there's, there's better things in this world. And it's like, yeah, there, there's a moment of like unity that I, I really like. What's that like for you? Like in the grand scheme of things to be able to show them, Hey, I'm not a creep. Not everybody's a creep. <laughs> I'm, yeah. I'm here to bring you joy. <laughs> What's that yeah. like for you? I'm here to bring you joy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's really um it, it's really cool because you're kind of I, I don't know how to, you know, I don't really know how to express it. It's you're disarming awesome. him kind of, right? Yeah, di- you really are. Yeah. I always call it talking people down from the ledge. Yeah. And and usually it's when somebody's upset. And I there's been a couple of times probably as many as I can count on one hand out of thousands of encounters, you know. Yeah. Um there have been a couple of times where you couldn't do that. They were just, they were pushed beyond that point. Yeah. There was no turning back. Um, but it's so, uh, it's so rare. Those are not my favorite reactions, by the way, people want to talk about them. And yeah. they go, oh, what about the guy you got decked in the head? Right. You got punched. Yeah. You got, That's not what you you're know, doing this for. Yeah. No, you know, I don't like it. I, I'm like, I'm always kind of like, uh, you know, I hate that that happened, you know? Yeah. <laughs> That was not so. My hope is that even if that does happen later, they'll have time to think about it, and they'll be around their their grandkids, their kids, yeah. their spouse, you know, yeah. and they'll go, "Oh, that's a pretty funny thing that happened," and maybe they're okay later. But most of the time, 
people don't really respond that way, to be honest. I mean, usually you hear somebody pass gas or do something goofy in a public place. They just think it's silly and funny. It might be a little shocking, but people don't typically get angry with it. They don't really usually get mad at it. And I think it's something everybody can relate to. So it's usually easy to talk people down from that ledge. I watched the one last night. I watched it for the first time. And I don't don't think it was a new one, but the guy farted back at you. Yeah, can you believe that? Like, how that did he just his reaction was ready like, to go at that moment? Take this. <laughs> it's almost like I wonder if he was building that up. Like he was like, I can't, I can't do that, you know. Yeah. And then he was just relieved when that happened to him, so yeah. that he could fart back. Apparently, this is the place that we can do this. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's so good. It was so, so. It good. was so great, and it happened to be somebody who watched my videos, which is great too. Oh wow! Okay, so, so he was aware. He turns around, he goes. Yeah, because there's a whole reveal thing that happens after that. Yeah. I couldn't believe that that happened. Yeah. And uh, he said, yeah, we watch your videos, man. You know, and his wife came over and it was great. Oh, that's so good. Yeah. Talk to me. Talk to us about Unveiled. Well, what unveiled is, is Yeah. Unveiled is something I have. I've had it in my head for years. Uh, unveiled spelled a little bit differently with the word, with my last name in the middle. And, um, we almost called my TV show unveiled Yeah, and it ended up being called Jack Vale offline. And so that kind of left it open for me to use it for something else. And, uh, I never really thought it would be, this would be an opportunity this big, but I think there's a lack of good family friendly TV networks that people can watch for sure. Um, TV land even started out that way. Yeah. And they took a turn. Yeah. And it's just like, what is happening here? Yeah. You know, and you got the comedy network, but you got to be careful with the, you got to be careful with everything. You got to, yeah. you don't know what time of day it is and what everything's rated. Yep. So, the, and then you got, and then you got, so there's nothing in the middle. It seems like to me, there's yeah. not like, well, this is more appropriate for just kids and then adults, you're over here and it's all over the place. Yeah. So I just felt like I wanted to start a TV network that had stuff that the whole family could enjoy together. Um, and so about eight months ago, an opportunity was presented to me uh, by one of the major platforms to be able to get something like this out there and push it out to make sure that it was on every TV platform out there, whether it's you know, nowadays you got Zumo and Pluto and yeah. and um, uh, Roku, you know, Samsung TV yeah. and Roku, yeah. and yeah, you got all these TV options. Uh, and then you got the big ones, Comcast and Dish and Direct and yeah. all this stuff. And um, these guys were like, "We're gonna, we're gonna, this is gonna be on everything." And uh, it is. It's gonna be a rollout of about six months, roughly. Wow. It's going to start on a handful and it's going to go every week or so. There's going to be a new one. And pretty soon, uh, hopefully by the end of the year, it's going to be everywhere. And it's, it's not even the prank network. It's really, yeah. there'll be a lot of pranks, Yeah, but it's, it's more of just comedy that, that you don't have to be embarrassed to watch it in front of the kids. Yeah. I just want to bring people together. I want people to be able to sit down in their living room, like the good old days and watch TV, have shows that they can watch and they could just sit there. And we're even taking it a step further. We're producing content that is one-offs and we're going to combine it with the actual TV commercial. So when there's a, when oh, there's wow. a commercial break, 
in the middle of the commercial break, there is going to be like a sketch right in the middle of there. Wow. So you're going to wonder if this is a commercial or what, like you're going to want to so watch good. the commercials because so, uh, yeah, that's, that's what it is. We, the app is, the app is available now, you know, through all the platforms, Apple TV and, yeah. and, uh, you know, all that stuff. And, uh, and, and it's, it's, it's a lot of pranks. It's a lot of pranks there, but it's as it grows and, and keeps pushing on, we've licensed a ton of content from my favorite family friendly creators on uh, on YouTube and TV shows and wow. stuff like that. It's so good because aside from the, you know, grotesque humor and the stuff that's out there that I'm, you know, not a big fan of myself and I've got I've got young girls too that I'd like to keep a little more wholesome than that. Apart from that, comedy has just kind of lost its way in a lot of ways. And I want things that are funny. Yeah. <laughs> and so I know that one thing that I love about your channel and the stuff that you produce is the human element of it to where it's not all produced. The reactions you, you get aren't produced reactions. The people that you come across, that is human stuff, right? That is the stuff that's yeah. funny to me, yeah. you know, not yeah. only is the fart noise funny, but the reactions yeah. to a natural thing like that is yeah. funny. Where do you feel like that's something that's missing in, in like the, the landscape of television is like just funny. Yeah. I'll, I want to bring back, like if you take pranks, for example, for example, yeah. I want to bring pranks. I want to put the funny back in the prank. Yeah. YouTube is what really, YouTube is this platform. Everybody can upload whatever they want. Yeah. And it's, it could go insanely viral for no reason other than, other than no reason. I yeah. mean, it, things yeah. can go viral there. You just like, there's nothing even really behind it. Like the weirdest stuff can go crazy. And when you give some, when you give people a platform to do whatever they want to do, uh, there might be a lot of good stuff. But there's a whole lot of bad stuff too. Yeah, for sure. And, um, I grew up thinking that candid camera and bloopers and practical jokes was the funniest stuff in the world. Right. Yeah. That stuff was, those were just experiments where they set up situations in public places, restaurants yeah. and office buildings and all kinds of places where they would just have fun and just watch how people reacted. It was, it wasn't about pushing the envelope. Right. It wasn't about being mean spirited or dressing up in sexy clothes. Yeah. It was about, getting a natural, like you just said, human reaction from yeah. something absurd in public. And yeah. that was really fun for me to watch. Yeah. So that's what I want to do. Yeah. You know, I want to get back to some of that stuff and show people really what's, um, what's funny. And there's a, there's a few people on YouTube that I think do a really good job. My uncle John does a good job. He's, he's got his own YouTube channel and stuff. Tom Mabe Tom is Mabe's another good. one that I yeah. like a lot. Um, there's some people that just have that comedic sensibility yeah. that, that make those reactions from the public even better. Yeah. That's so good. So I've been following your, your social for a, not very long. Actually, I kind of got involved with your social here recently and you posted, uh, you had a post about Carmen on there and it got my attention. And then that's when I began to wonder is this guy a believer? I don't know. You haven't put out anything that made me think you weren't. You just kind of never know anymore these days. And so you, you posted that. I actually 
messaged you on Instagram and said, Hey, I was blessed by that. And we kind of started up a conversation that way. But what's, what's your relationship with Carmen? He was one, I probably saw him six or seven times, I think in concert. And I was just, I was curious about your relationship with him. Yeah. Uh, I, so I met Carmen in, uh, back in July, beginning of July. And, um, it was a, it was, I'm going to try to give you the, not the long version of this. Cause there's, there's a little bit more to it, but I, I, I wound, I went with a friend of mine to go to a Carmen concert and, uh, it was about an hour drive from us. We knew we had to go when we heard about it and we showed up and, um, there were some people that spotted us and, you know, took a couple of pictures and, and stuff. And then Carmen's road manager, um, saw me and came up to me and sat down and started to talk to me and, um, asked me some questions and, and stuff like that. So oh, you're, you, you know, so you're a Carmen fan, uh, you know, <laughs> and, it, and it was, it was, it was really nice. I mean, I, um, for me, I meet a lot of people, um, celebrities and, and stuff like that. But, um, to, to get to kind of talk to somebody who, who worked with Carmen and I was very interested in that because Carmen impacted my life growing up in a way that nobody else ever did. And I knew I I went, you said that you've been to a lot of Carmen concerts. I've been to probably 13, something like that. And uh, the one thing that I knew about every single show that I went to was that it was going to be free. Yeah. And I knew that people were going to come up in droves getting saved. Yeah. yeah. So. And it was going to be a good show. <laughs> like and it was going to be a on great a show. Yeah. That's right. Um, so uh, after I, so I got to know that guy a little bit. And then next thing you know, at the end that we enjoyed the concert and then at the end of the concert, he's like, uh, Hey, follow me. You know, so we, we went out to the, uh, to the bus and sat there and talked for a little while on the bus and, uh, Carmen shows up, he's changing his clothes, putting on a shirt, he's buttoning up his shirt. And, um, he was getting, he was changing his clothes because he, he does this thing at the end of the show where he'll, he goes to the bus, changes his clothes. And then he, he goes back to the church and signs autographs and pictures and all that stuff for people. So people are kind of waiting to talk to him. And, um, so we're sitting there, you know, and uh, I'm secretly hoping, what if he's a fan? Of, what if he knows my videos? What if he's familiar with my work? Yeah. Didn't have a clue <laughs> who I was. So good. Uh, and so, you know, I, I got to explain to him <laughs> what I do for a living. And, you see this uh, thing? Let me show you yeah, something. Let me explain something. You to think you, you're okay? the champion? Let me show you something. Yeah. <laughs> I got your champion <laughs> right here. <laughs> um, and so, you know, I, I think he got it, but we started talking about everything so his social media and, and these different things. There was some kind of a connection there, and we just sort of clicked and we really kind of um, hit it off. And I said, Carmen, when I was 15 at the Radically Saved Tour, 
a lady from my church waited in line to get your, uh, and I thought she was trying to get your autograph. She waits in line for like an hour. She finally makes it up to you. And she says to you, as your feet are dangling off the stage, you're sitting there. And she says, you see that kid over there? It would mean the world to him if you would pay just a little bit of attention to him. Special attention. I didn't know she did that. I had no idea. So she leaves the line. I'm waiting over there. I just can't believe I'm in the presence of Carmen on this kid who who knew he was like the Elvis of Christian music. He was, yeah. you know, this really big deal. And um, the line dwindles down and finally he snaps his fingers at me. And I turn and look and he goes, hey, let's go. I'm like looking around, you know. So I follow, I follow, follow you up on the stage and we go back to this room and you finally find an empty room and I follow you back in that room and there was a coffee pot in it. I remember exactly what it looked like. And there was a clock on the wall and there was a, it was empty and there was a couch and a chair and you sat on the couch and I sat on the chair and I just started to like throw up all this information. Like I just started telling you about my life and my, you know, all this stuff and uh, things that mean a lot to me and how much your music means to me and all this stuff. And you spent an a half hour with wow. me and probably every 10 seconds I would glance back over at the clock because the whole thing was just a blur. It was like, how is Carmen wow. spending time with this kid for a half hour in this closed off room with no distractions? He prays with me and all this stuff happened. Anyway, he's just, you know, watching me. His eyes are that big and he's just listening to the whole story. I'm telling him this stuff. Well, I found out later, by the way, he did that all the time. Wow. Can you imagine? I thought I was special, you know. <laughs> but can you imagine his crew had just gotten used to that sort of thing? Yeah. It's like, oh, you know, how long is Carmen going to take this time? You know, he's got somebody wow. else. He's got adults, yeah. kids. Yeah. He just, people, they wanted to talk to him. So when something like that would happen, he would do his very best to spend that one-on-one -on -one time and pray with them and stuff. So after that moment, you know, that was it. Um, I think I immediately was reunited with my, my group, my youth group that we came with. And I just bawled <laughs> like a baby. Couldn't believe any of that stuff happened. So he was really interested in all of that stuff. And it was fun telling him that story because um, he just listened. Yeah. You know? and so long story short, you know, we ended up um, just getting to know each other. And wow. uh, at the end of the meeting, he, he tore off a piece of a food, Wendy's food bag, wrote his number down with a Sharpie and handed it to me and said, call me. And so we, uh, so we did within a couple of days, we started talking and uh, he started giving me all this information about his, his ministry and his life growing up and sending me family photos. You wouldn't believe it. And uh, it was so great. We um, really started to get to know each other within about a month or so. Our attorneys called each other. And we had a life rights deal in place to create and produce a movie about Carmen's life. That's awesome. 
I don't think I've ever said it quite that clear that yet. That is so it's cool. All kind of, <laughs> it's, it's new information that I've been giving bits and pieces out to people, but wow, it really is. And the thing that, that, that struck me more than anything that night was he, he stopped in the middle of a conversation and he said, anybody know who got, how many people got saved tonight? He said that to his group in the middle of what we were talking about. And it was yeah. just one of those things, you know, me and my buddy who was with me, Rob, we, we left and uh, got dinner that night. And we were talking about how that distinct moment when he said, anybody know how many people got saved tonight? And um, from that moment on though, every time we talked, somehow things always circled back around to how many people got saved at his concerts. It, it truly, it is the only thing that he really cared about. Wow. All of the showmen who's in the house, dancers, all the stuff that he did, all of that, all of it was to get as many people saved as he could possibly reach. Man. Who else could go from, from something like the Holy ghost hop, who's in the house, the stuff yeah. that he did yeah. to, I feel Jesus. Yeah. And you feel that presence, that that anointing that's there, that that nudges you, that urges you to come to the yep. front and commit your life to the Lord and drastically change your life that that much. Um, but it was some of the um, it was some of the stories about him growing up as a kid in New Jersey and his brother Mario, mm -hmm. who. You know, there was like a, a seven year age difference between them. So Mario was like his older brother that, that like showed him, taught him how to be streetwise on the streets. And <laughs> yeah, it was if you could imagine the most stereotypical <laughs> Italian family I'll in bet. Jersey. I bet this was it. Yeah. And even meeting with him. It's <laughs> it's like uh you're me it's like you're you're meeting with the Christian godfather. Yeah. The Italian stallion, maybe. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> oh, he was, you know, something else. And this guy, he just had a sweet, tender, sensitive heart, but also he had another side. Yeah. You know, he was very serious about what he was there to do. Yeah. And if you had an idea for him, he would say. Okay, but um, now let me ask you a question. If, if, how is this going to bring people to the Lord? Because if this doesn't bring people to the Lord, then what's the point? Wow. And if, I wish I could have had a nickel. I'm yeah. not making that up for every time he said, because if it doesn't bring people to the Lord, what's the point? <laughs> he said that all the time. Yeah. So then you'd have to say, well, this is what we're going to do. And this is how we're going to bring more people to the Lord. Wow. So um, when he died, it was the thing that nobody expected. Um, it was like hard to talk about. Yeah. Because... Uh, he was supposed to be discharged from the hospital the next day and they were getting his papers ready and everything. And, and this was just a complication. It was just the, 
I don't even know that they're 100% sure exactly what it was. If you can imagine a guy being healthy, yeah, ready, ready to leave the hospital, leaning up in his bed with his glasses, looking at his iPad, and then all of a sudden, he's just asleep. Wow. That's how it happened. And um, so I, I, um, one of the last things he, in fact, the last thing that he was focused on was this project. And uh, he had just got through telling, uh, telling somebody when I get out of here, we gotta, we gotta call Jack. We gotta, we gotta see where everything's at and we gotta, you know, move forward on this and tell him our ideas and, we were, we were really far along in the process and we were getting really close to where we were months away from being able to announce what was happening and how big this was really going to be. At one point I sat across from him and I said, you know, this is <laughs> for a Christian movie. Yeah. This is interesting. <laughs> you're an evangelist yeah. uh, and you're passionate about souls. And that's the whole goal here. So how do we take, I can only imagine and good fellas yeah. <laughs> and somehow, you know, make a movie that every, everybody's going to want to see. And that's I'll awesome. tell you, you know, that's, it is what it is. And I would say, who is this for? Yeah. I would tell him, who is this for? This is, is for the Christian base, your base, the, the Christian audience. Yeah. Or is this for the world? Mm. And in the end, you know, we both wanted to sort of break the mold. Yeah. We wanted to do something for the first time. That's really going to appeal to both audiences because we want to bring millions more to Christ, but we want to show the church what Carmen's life was really all about. That's so good, man. So that's exciting. We're excited. Yeah. That is we're awesome. excited. It's that's happening. Awesome. Some, Something's gonna get something's gonna get dropped here really soon, probably this month. Yeah, and um, and we're really excited. I think everybody's gonna be really happy. Yeah, man, that's yeah. good. Well, that's that's uh, that's good. That's a good story to hear because I, I mean, I've. It's easy to celebritize um, artists and musicians a lot, and he was that for sure. He was a, he was celebrity whether he tried to be or not, but. I think um, hearing that because I've I've dealt with the opposite of that too in concert promotions when you work with somebody's <laughs> road manager or you see them off stage and it's like eh, you know it doesn't necessarily well, line up with with who I thought you were going to be but that's that's yeah. encouraging for sure yeah and in his case it's it was you know I I think that's why he got so much media pushback yeah from the from the Christian music industry. Yeah. Um, is he was really on a different level. I mean, not in a, in a arrogant way, but in, in a way that he had a very different motive and a very different focus than anybody else. Really. I, I shouldn't say anybody else. I don't mean that, but then a lot of other artists had in that era, in that time, see when everybody was crossing over, yeah, he wouldn't do it. Yeah. And they, they came to him all the time and said, you got to do what everybody else is doing. Otherwise you're going to, you know, I'll bet I know what his response was. Yeah. If you're going to lead, people, lead to people to the Lord. What's the point? Yeah. Uh, 
Yeah, it's it's true. And that's really what it was all about. And he said that, uh, you know, that was, that was kind of, that was kind of always it. And that put a distance, a little bit of a distance between him and so many other artists and people that a lot of people didn't want to work with him too, because he sort of seemed, it was such, such a big, you know, can you imagine being one of the artists in 1958 or nine and and going and somebody says, you got to do something with Elvis. Yeah. Right. Ah, get out of here. Yeah. What are you talking about? You know? Yeah. Uh, and I think that's kind of how it was. But meanwhile, Carmen's over here in his own little, his own little circle of, you know, bringing people, I mean, in droves down to the altar every night, you yeah. know, and, and so many other people weren't doing that. So it just, I think it just made some people uncomfortable, Yeah, you know, and it honestly, I think that his, he just kept his priority the same throughout his whole life. Yeah. From the moment he got saved to, it was about five years after he got saved that he put out his first album. And, um, that was his mission, man, for the rest of his life. That's all he wanted to do. He just wanted to bring one more person to Christ. It's crazy. It's good. Jack. Thank you, man. Yeah. Thank you. This has been good. And I feel like uh, there's so much more to come from you. So this is good to be a part of this. And I, I thank you for thank you for continuing to grind joyfully with with your content and your purposeful um, your purposeful content. I think there's something behind that. So I appreciate thank you, man. Thank you. Appreciate you too. And I'll keep you posted on what's going on. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs>